Midlife is the best season of our lives. But often many of us lack fulfillment in some area of our midlife. It doesn't have to be that way. This podcast is a resource for midlifers to discover ways to find fulfillment in whatever area of life you need it. I'm your host, Bernie Borges. Join me on the Midlife Fulfilled Podcast, a journey to make midlife the most fulfilling season of your life. Hello, my midlife friend. This is Bernie Borges, your host of the Midlife Fulfilled Podcast, and this is a takeaway episode for my conversation with Mike McEwen on episode 60. Takeaway episodes are shorter than my guest episodes, but this one might go just a little longer. But I encourage you to go back and listen to the full guest interview with Mike just on the previous episode. The big takeaway for me from my conversation with Mike is one little statement that he made. He said, life is tryouts for eternity. Mike also said that, you know, he's been blessed in his life, and he has been. He checks all the boxes. He's had a great career. He's got a great family. He's got five kids, nice home, health. In fact, you should see what he looks like. He's in better shape than most 25-year-olds are. He's very healthy, very fit. He's been blessed, but he also realizes, like a lot of people do, myself included, as we go through these midlife seasons, that there's got to be more to it than that. You know, he made the point that we do a lot of planning in our lives. Think about it. We plan our careers. We plan parties. We plan vacations. We plan in business. But we all know we're going to die. I mean, it's not a morbid thought. The death rate is 100%. We talked about that. So what planning do we do for our life after we die? You know, I shared with you in the previous episode with Mike that I share his faith. I'm a Christian. I also shared with you that I'm not all that vocal about it. I made the comment that if necessary, I use words, meaning I try to live like a Christ follower and not necessarily be people over over their head with a, a Bible. And I'm not suggesting that Mike or other people do that. It's just the way that that's been my approach. But you know, speaking of the Bible, it is an amazing book. In fact, it's not a book. It's a collection of books. 66 books, in fact. 39 books in the Old Testament and 27 books in the New Testament. Did you know that the Bible has sold almost 4 billion copies just in the last 50 years? The closest selling book to that is Harry Potter with 400 million copies. About 30 years ago, I gave myself permission to study the Bible. And I use the word study very intentionally. You don't read the Bible. You study it. I'm going to quote you a scripture from the book of Hebrews, chapter 4, verse 12. It says, For the word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow, It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. Over the decades that I've been studying the Bible, I've really come to understand that God is not only real, 
God is three things. Number one, God is love. He loves every human being on the planet without exception. Whether or not each of us chooses to love him back is a choice that he gives us. God also is a relationship God. He wants a relationship. In fact, I replace relationship over religion. Religion has gotten a bad rap over the years for lots of reasons. I don't have time to get into them. So I don't think of my faith as religion. I really don't, even though I am a Bible-believing Christian. I think of it as a relationship because that is what God wants. And if you study the Bible, that is as crystal clear as the sky is blue. The third thing that God is, is forgiveness. But he's given us a very specific recipe for that forgiveness. And that is through his son, Jesus Christ. Anyone who believes in Jesus Christ and that the sacrifice that he gave on the cross, which was a brutally violent sacrifice, hung on a cross, and then after his death, resurrected. And as Mike said, there's lots of evidence to prove this. Anyone who believes it is forgiven. So that's, those are the three things that God is to humanity. It's up to each individual as to whether or not we accept that. And it's in the context of what do we believe is going to happen when we die? I have long believed, even before I came to become a Christian, which for me was at the age of 37. It wasn't one specific moment, but it was in that time. It was at that age. And I began to attend church voluntarily, but admittedly in the beginning, I didn't really want to go. My wife was going with our then two-year-old daughter. And after about three months of me not attending, I thought, you know, let me, let me just go. Let me be a good husband, good father. I'm going to go and I'll check out. I don't really have to be there in mind. I can be there in body. So I went there for about a year of Sundays with my arms folded. Now I say that figuratively, not literally, meaning I didn't sit there with my arms folded, but it took about a year for the wall to kind of come down for me. One of the things that helped me, because even though I'm not an IT person, I'm not a technical person like Mike is, he, Mike shared that, you know, he, his life is zeros and ones, black and white. Even though that's not me and my background, I too, like Mike and many other people, I wanted evidence. When I was sitting there in church, you know what I was thinking about? I was thinking about, okay, I, I do want to know what happens when I die, because I know I'm going to die. I don't want to ignore it. I want to have a decision that I make. Like Mike said, make a decision on what you believe. Whatever you decide, at least do some planning. So one thing that really helped me was I heard about this guy, Lee Strobel. I mentioned this in my interview, my conversation with Mike. Lee Strobel today is 71 years old. He was a devout atheist. He was the legal review editor for the Chicago Tribune. And I mean, he was a devout atheist. One day, his wife announced to him that she was becoming a Christian. She had been attending a Bible study with some girlfriends of hers. And after some time, she came to accept Christ. And she told her husband, Lee, that she was becoming a Christian. Well, he flipped out. I mean, he literally, as he writes, 
punched a hole in the wall. It stood against everything he believed, or maybe didn't believe. He was a devout atheist. And you know, there really aren't aren't a lot of people who are atheists. A lot of people are agnostic, but not a lot of people have a firm conviction that there is no God. Most people believe in a quote-unquote God. Not Lee Strobel. He was an atheist. He said, God, Christianity, religion, all that is a fallacy. It's a myth. So after he punched the hole in the wall, he set out to put God on trial. He set out to prove that God and Christianity and the Bible are a farce. So he took his investigative reporting skills and he went out and he interviewed Bible scholars. Now, Bible scholars are typically people who devote their entire career to studying the Bible, both from a theology standpoint, as well as from a historical standpoint. In most cases, they're university professors. And in many cases, they also, they don't just study the entire Bible. They hone in on a specific aspect because the Bible spans uh, 2,000 years between the Old Testament and the New Testament. So anyway, Lee Strobel set out to interview scholars. He would literally get on airplanes, sit down with scholars face-to-face for hours at a time and grill them, trying to poke holes into the theology. He couldn't poke holes in the history because documented history is documented history. For example, Jesus Christ is documented history. Whether you believe he resurrected like the Bible says he did, that's something that you have to believe on your own. Now, there is evidence, but I digress. I want to keep this episode relatively short, and I can turn this into a 30-minute solo episode if I allow myself. The point is, Lee Strobel spent 22 months interviewing scholars, and his mission was to prove beyond any reasonable doubt that the Bible is false, God is false, Christianity is false. And he woke up one day after 22 months of multiple interviews with Bible scholars, multiple. By the way, how do I know all this? I failed to tell you. He wrote his first book. He has written 20 books. His first book is probably his most famous book, and it's called The Case for Christ. And the reason it's called the case for Christ is he was attempting to build a case for atheism. He was attempting to build a case for God's false, Christianity's false. Well, after 22 months, he woke up one day and he just admitted what had been gnawing at him. And that is that, and I'm going to paraphrase here, but this is basically what he said. He said it would take more faith to be an atheist than it would to be a Christian. Now, look, that said, I have allowed myself to do the research myself, not to the extent that Lee Strobel has done, but I've spent many years studying the Bible and and even studying other quote-unquote religions, Judaism, Hindu, Islam, admittedly not to the same extent, but to understand the basic fundamentals. And depending on where you are in your own journey with theology, in your own journey with 
the question, what happens when I die? You might want to do the same thing because really the whole point to this whole conversation that I had with Mike is you owe it to yourself to have a plan. You know, Mike used the example was a metaphor that if you look outside your door and you draw a line to across the street, you know, that's that's the equivalent of your entire life. But then if you take that line and you start wrapping it around, you know, the neighborhoods, that's that's eternity. Now, I have my own version of that. I didn't share it with him in the episode because I didn't want to take too much time. Here's my version of that. I want you to imagine you're going to walk around the world. Now, I know that we can't walk around the world because there's lots of oceans, but pretend you can. Pretend there was enough landmass to physically walk from where you are now all the way around the world and, and then end up where you are right now. Just just pretend that that was physically possible, okay? Now, begin to imagine how many steps that would take. Now, take your first step, one step on the journey to walking around the world. That step, my midlife friend, is analogous to your life. Even if you live to be 100, that one step is like your life. All those other steps to walk around the world are analogous to eternity. So whatever faith you choose to subscribe to, give yourself permission to do your homework to make a decision on what you're going to believe. Because where I've arrived at is I don't view death as death. (laughs) I know that sounds silly, because we're all going to die, I don't, and I, I know what the, my Christian faith teaches me. I know what God's promise is as a Christian, which is to spend eternity with God in a place that is un, unimaginable. The Bible tells us that heaven is unimaginable. So I've made my decision based on that. And not unlike Mike, I had to see a lot of evidence to come to that. I did not come to that in a matter of days, weeks, or even months. So depending on where you are, give yourself permission to at least make a decision. How do you feel about what's going to happen when you die? Because again, I'll state the obvious. The death rate is 100%. So again, back to my comment, I don't view death as dying. I view it as my transition. My transition to the afterlife. And I'm 100% confident of what that afterlife can look like based on what the Bible has taught me. That's my belief. And the only thing that I'm imploring you to do is to give yourself permission to have a belief based on a conviction that you arrive at based on doing your own homework, doing your own research. In the show notes, I'm going to put links to Lee Strobel's website. Uh, He's got all his books there, Case for Christ. He has another book called The Case for Heaven. And then Mike also mentioned uh, Josh McDowell. He's got a book called More Than a Carpenter. Now, these are both Christian resources. If you want to explore other other resources in other faiths, by all means, do it. Absolutely do it. Just give yourself permission to have a decision point for your afterlife. Because the one thing that I can absolutely assure you, and you can't refute this, is that you will get to an afterlife because you're going to die. 
I'm going to die. We're all going to die from this body. And back to my metaphor of walking around the world, if walking around the world was eternity, that first step is like your life. It's that insignificant in comparison to the time that we'll spend in eternity. In fact, you can't even measure time in eternity. Look, if you didn't hear my full conversation with Mike McEwen, go back and listen to it on episode 60. You'll hear more stories. You'll hear his conviction for this topic. And, you know, as I wrap up this episode of Bernie's Takeaways, I do want to remind you that if you work for a brand that wants to reach a midlife audience immersively, reach out to me. Let's explore some collaboration on the Midlife Fulfilled podcast. My contact details are below in the show notes page. Well, that is a wrap for this episode of Bernie's Takeaways. Remember, if you're 80% fulfilled, you're doing great. I'll see you on my next guest episode, which, if you're going in sequence, is episode 62, featuring a Midlife Maximum episode with Elizabeth Ledoux.